Do you like pop culture? I do. <laughs> I wasn't talking to you, Andrew. Oh. If you enjoy movies, television, all that kind of stuff, uh, we have a lot of fun on Sif Pop Podcast, part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. So you can come check us out every week. You can listen live or just download it to your podcast feed. Every single week, Aaron breaks down the newest movies that are big in theaters, and I make funny noises. <laughs> you could probably pick one of those that you would like. You can join us every weekend live by looking at Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA, or you can find us in your podcast player of preference by searching for Sift Pop. <laughs> fans to a bonus episode of Quality Check Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Posey, and joining me, Drew Douglas. So we are in the middle, now we just started June, but this is all about June, this <laughs> podcast episode. What? Are you, are you excited for the month of June? Um, a little bit. I'll say this was a month where there's not a lot of movies out that I want to see. In fact, there's really none except for, hmm, we'll find play. out. A child's play would be the pick, actually. I actually have been very excited for June, and at the beginning of the year, I didn't have a lot of movies to really look forward to in June, so I thought it was going to be a dead month, but it turned out to be a month I'm really excited about. There's not some... just not just for movies, for a lot yes. of things. I was going to say, there's some good stuff, but I wouldn't necessarily say it's movies. We're not even at midsummer yet. Literally. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> So if you haven't listened to our Pick'ems episode, that's exactly what this is. It's a quality check Pick'ems, in which it is a short and sweet episode where we pick three things coming out in the month of June that we're excited for and we want to share with you. It's called our Pop Culture Pick'ems for June. I want to tease for you because, as we are saying, it's not all movies. Uh Here is what mine is alluding to. You ready? Uh, I'm I'm ready. Raconteur. Oh, God. <laughs> no! <laughs> There's a little soundbite for you. So, if that is your number one, when I'm done with mine, I'm leaving and you can just talk by yourself. So, as you figured out, we will be going across the board for pop culture. We've got a little bit of music, we've got movies, we've got any TV shows. You have any TV shows this time? I got a TV show, baby. Okay. I almost picked, as we were talking about before, we hit that record button. I said, I really wanted to put Nosferatu on my list, but I decided not to because it came out at the start of June. And it's Joe Hill's adaptation that is on AMC. Have you seen that by chance? You know, I didn't even know it started. I'll say my list has been redone numerous times. I had all music, then I added a comic book into it and then realized it came out May 31st, so I couldn't do that one. And then again, I go back, we do movies, so I got to pick a movie. So I shuffled again. I do want to see the Joe Hill show, but like Luther's back on TV and I like Luther a oh, lot. Yeah, on Netflix. No, uh, BBC America. The new season oh, of Luther. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of, yeah. I mean, it's on Netflix, but the new season's right. out. So this has just been a wild ride. My list that I originally picked is the list I currently have. I changed it once and then I changed it back to what 
I'm going with today. I want to I want to offer you something. What's that? I'll give you $25 if you take the Rock and Tours off your list. Nope. Won't happen. <laughs> 25 bucks? Give me 50 bucks what if and I then buy... I'll bump it from number 1 to number 2. What if no, 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 no. <laughs> you take it off the list and I will buy you a movie ticket once a month for the for the rest of the year. Can't happen. Okay. Can't happen. You're just digging your own grave, bro. <laughs> Let's do a recap on what we picked for the month of May. And these will not, we're not sticking in any specific order, but movies, talking about movies, let's dig into that. I know you had Rocket Man. I did. Just recently saw that. You saw that. You, you got a, an early screen. Yeah, you know, it's been, it's been like a month and it's kind of just seeped from my memory. So it's starting to tank a little bit because you enjoyed it, but it was like middle of the road for you. I liked it, didn't love it. There was something, I, I talked to you about this, and you kind of felt the same way. There's something about it that I can't put my finger on that I did not like. I yep. think it's the structure, because mm-hmm. they would break out into songs that hadn't been written. And I was like, why are, you, why, are, why, is, or why are we singing this song? But there are moments that are really great when, like mm-hmm. the, some of the, the musical moments, when those happen and they're good, the movie soars. I'm glad to see the ambition, because I think it is an ambitious biopic. It's not... You're a straightforward film in that nature. But at the same time, as soon as I walked out, I wanted to watch something, whether it be a documentary or a biopic that is done like most biopics. I still, I enjoyed it. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Uh, some points, like like you were saying, I really liked it. When it's good, and it's even very loved good. It. They were pa- so the first night that, he, that Rocket Man or Elton John played at the Troubadour in L.A., that scene is fantastic. Because the movie at times made me very happy, and that's mm-hmm. sometimes all you really want. I think, and this is going to sound way too nitpicky, but I know that the ending, it really dove deep into it just being dark and not, like kind how, of depressing. But I like it. I like that they didn't shy away from who he is that's and his true. struggles. And because Bohemian Rhapsody certainly did. And the yeah, band, they really skirted his... Their, I mean, some of his, his lifestyle, I feel like they really didn't dive sure. into. And I, they made the band, I don't know anything about Queen, but I have a hard time believing they were the saints that they were made out to be in that movie. Well, so I was listening to a Howard Stern interview with Sasha Baron Cohen, who is originally going to play Freddie Mercury. And he met with the band, and they just really, he laughed over creative differences, more or less, and truly creative differences. You, I feel like you hear that term thrown around so much. But he opened up about what that was, and he said that the band, he would not name a member of the band, but that member wanted to keep it very clean, almost like a PG film. And Sasha's like, well, Freddie didn't live that life. And same way with what Elton was saying about his life. He's like, how can we make a film that's not what this is, Mm -hmm. this R-rated film that more or less waters it down? Because he's like, I did not live that kind of life, and I think it needs to be shown. And I think that's very admirable of someone to say, you know what, I'm still alive and might as well just put it all out there. And yeah. well, he's basically done, though. Elton's basically retired at this point. John said, too, everybody knows what I went through. So not putting that in there yeah. makes no sense. Sure. Actually has a great quote where it's like, I didn't want to give the impression that after every show, I went back to my hotel room with warm milk and the Gideon Bible. <laughs> yeah, that's which is right. really funny. I think Bohemian... When you clean it up and you get that PG-13 rating, it can pay off, and it did for that one. And they probably reap the benefits, which is 
I guess a wise move on their part. That's calculated. Sure. Of let's bring in as many people as we can. Rocket Man made $25 million in its opening weekend, I think, which is pretty good. Mm-hmm. But think of what that, I mean, it's in an awful spot, which is mid-May or late May. Yeah. There's too many movies out. It's kind of an awkward spot, but that was made for $40 million, so it will definitely make back the money. I just wish that a movie like that would end up doing a little better. But we'll have an update on our summer movie fantasy draft in an upcoming episode where we bring that up about the box office. We, some of my picks are bad. Well, I feel like mine are too. It's really tough because I feel like Endgame obliterated the game and then everything's building up to Lion King, which will obliterate the box office. It will, And then it will taper off. The buzz on Toy Story 4 is that it's quite good, and that is your hmm. pick. You yeah, have, yeah, that's true, but that's what I heard about Toy Story 3. I'm very reluctant on Toy Story 4, very reluctant. I have no desire to see it, but that's just, I'm just, I'm not anti-Pixar, I just don't, I'm just like, I, I don't care. Well, I'm reluctant not just on the story, but because I was okay with it ending at 3, I'm reluctant on it being a success, and I think that it will be. It'll so when you, when you picked Lion King, I thought, all right, with that, you will... You'll do great, but I have a feeling Toy Story 4 will do a little better. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, My pick for the movie of May, one of them, was Ma. And we saw that together. We did an episode on that. I feel like if you want to hear our thoughts on that, go ahead. Check out our last podcast episode that included Brightburn and Ma. Another movie I I had is a Netflix film starring Zac Efron. And I always mess up the name here. But it is extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. Yeah, that movie sucked. You hated it. Uh, hate is strong, but I, I did. I really disliked it. Did you like Zac Efron in it? He was fine. I enjoyed it, but I liked seeing Zac Efron playing this role that he typically doesn't play. I, I mean, he's getting more into this territory. I when the movie's not good, one performance is not going to sell me over. And it, 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 I didn't. It was an, uh, another movie again. I did. I hated the structure. I'm just like I. I want to watch a Bundy film and watch him kill. I don't want to watch the aftermath of you trying to de- decide if you believe that he did or not. They're trying to pull a True Detective. When it, well, True Detective is actually good though. You finished season three, correct? Yep, I just finished. I wrapped that up. And Isn't it the best season? I, honestly, yeah, it is. It's the best. Four episodes in, I said, this is better than the first season of True Detective. And I stand by that. It's good, too, because it does not hinge on a, a less shocking surprise. Mm-hmm. Very I, good season. I really like the characters, and that makes me want to see Stephen Dorff more. He would be the, I'm telling you, he would be the perfect gunslinger. I could see it after that now. He's so good in that. You know what's not good, though? <laughs> that Ted Bundy movie. Oh, I thought you were going to say your other pick, which was the, um, what what was the band, the album that you picked? So my other was the new Get Up Kids album, which I love. And okay, then, so it's it's turned out great. Yeah, I do like that one a lot. And then the Alien 3 Audible Experience was my third pick, which I have not listened to yet. Because I'm still listening to Duma Key. <laughs> and I have two hours and one minute left. You're close. Things are going nuts at it's this point. It's already going wacky. and But this is so long. This is too long. So you think it's too long? Yes. Well, I listened to it on a road trip, and I thought it was the perfect length. I did not think that it was Stephen King overindulging. I was totally I fine with that. Yeah, I don't know if it's overindulgence, but the, it is too long. 
I see. I did not feel that way, but I also went about it in a different way. It is one of his longer books. So I'm almost done with that, and then we'll finally get to Alien Three at some point. Actually, I downloaded another Stephen King book, but we're not gonna. We don't need to talk about Stephen King. My third pick is the same as yours, and it's Chernobyl on HBO. I'm waiting. I was waiting for all of them to come out, and that way I could binge watch. I think there are like six episodes. I've heard really good things about that. I have two, and I told you I have no intention of watching that, but I might watch it now. I'm definitely going to. I may actually go home and watch that tomorrow. There's, a, there's, you know, there's a lot of good. Summertime is actually really good for TV. Next month, we've got a, a show coming back that's going to be my number one pick. That's a little hint for you. As in July. Yes, so that's what for comes the month? after June. Okay, well, I just wanted to make sure that you weren't going May and then. Your next month was June. Woo! Let's dive now into our June pickums, and let's start with you with number three at the bottom. Numero three. I had to pick a movie. I had to do it. And it's a little zombie comedy from Jim Jarmusch. <laughs> this is going to be good. It's called "The Dead Don't Die." I'm thinking zombies. What? You know, the undead, ghouls. <laughs> You look gorgeous. Oh my. Are you in this together? I'm and, a- uh, it premiered at the Cannes F- Film Festival, uh, I think last month, and it got pretty mediocre results. Yeah. So that's disappointing, but I, I can't help but be intrigued by this because the cast is awesome. I haven't seen a Jarmusch movie in a long time. I haven't either. Because I, I didn't see Patterson. With uh, Driver, I think that yep. was two years ago. I, whenever I was looking up his films to prepare for this one, at least get excited for it, I realized, wow, I'm kind of on the low end of that scale. But I'm still excited for this film. It looks, it's got an amazing cast. We even have Iggy Pop as a zombie. So there's a lot. Got a lot of people. So the, I just looked, the last one I saw, 2005 Broken Flowers with Bill Murray. Ah, it's a long time ago. I haven't seen that, yeah. So this movie has Bill Murray, Adam Driver, Tilda Swinton, Steve Buscemi, Chloe Savini, Tom Waits, Selena Gomez, Riza, Rosie Perez, and Danny Glover. What a cast. You forgot Iggy Pop. Sure. Iggy Pop's in it, too. <laughs> uh, comes out on June 14th. I'm excited because I'm on vacation around this time. Oh. So I'm going to be seeing some movies that I've been putting off, like <clears throat> Godzilla, and oh. I don't want to see it. But uh, this is one that I actually do, and I'm excited for it, even though it might not be very good. Are you going to have some za with your Zilla? I really don't know if I want to see that movie. <laughs> It'll be a struggle. Have you heard anything about it, really? About no, anyone who's not from anybody out? I know. I've heard, which is, yeah, I don't really. I think I only know like two people that have seen it. I've heard from several who just online. I haven't talked to them. And just like Twitter and, and others who I've uh, seen their tweets. And, and they've said, you know, Godzilla is being slammed by critics, but they feel like the fans will love it because it's just like a straight up monster film. And it's oh. nothing but it's basically Rampage with uh, The Rock. Man, I don't know how much fans are loving it. It's not doing very well. Yeah, that's a good point. Which is a... If you go back to our um, summer fantasy pickums, I didn't want to pick Ooh. that movie. I went back and forth and ended up doing it. And I, I knew this was going to happen. But you didn't want to pick Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. No, that had already been scooped up. 
There's there was another. Remember, I wanted some other movie. I think it was Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah, but we didn't know when that was coming out. Thankfully, I still don't know if that's going to do well in the box office. That's going to do awesome. You think so? Yes. I I on it. I'm that's not. That's going to be a big hit. I'm I'm not expecting it to be a big. It hit. It comes out in September where nothing is coming out other than it. True, but it's going to scoop in a ton. I that I'm calling it right now. Ford v Ferrari is going to do very very well. I don't. I don't feel that way. I'll bet you one million dollars. Oh, if I had that, I'd bet you right now because no, it was but made I, for like a hundred million dollars, right? Yeah, all that goes to Damon and uh, Christian Bale. Yeah, I am being serious. So I do think that people are really going to latch onto that. It's going to do very well, and I think come um, award season time, that's going to pick up. Some I stuff. think award season, yeah, but I think this will suffer from the same thing that Rush. The Ron Howard film did where that ended up not doing very well. Good movie, though. I've never seen I want to. I like that one a lot. But I'm expecting this to play out very similar to that. Well, we're going to find out. I guess we will. (laughs) My third pick, I'll get into music. Is it the Rock on Tours? It's not. Oh, boy. It's not. I already know it's number one. (laughs) You'll have to to spill the beans already. My uh, my third pick is something that we mentioned in the Avengers Endgame podcast. Okay. And this was a band who Andy said they seem pretty miserable. They do not seem oh, happy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking they about. They seem very upset with each other, which rumor is these two men who consist of the band, uh, more or less, they have been feuding. And they have come out and publicly said, you know, don't believe everything that you hear. They even made a music video for their first single, Go. It's from the Black Keys and their album, Let's Rock. A little, have I have I done my hot take on them before? No, you've yeah. never mentioned. Not that good. You don't like them? Is They're it, not somebody I'm going to listen to a lot. Why is that? Because I love hearing reasons for the Black Keys. They're a I very divisive I band. don't listen to it and go, man, I love this. I love the stripped down rock that they do. And they, in the very beginning, would put out songs that sounded very raw. And that I love. And I wonder if they're going back to that for this album. It sounds like they are. And that's coming out on Friday, June 28th. All of my picks are coming out more or less at the end of the month. So I've got a ways to get more excited or less excited for them. Hmm. Well, I hope you enjoy that. I was... An okay fan of their last album, but this, it's, it's been five years now, I believe, and they're back. They're back, baby. You want me to do number two? Yes. We're getting into TV territory. Let's go. It's a new Showtime show. It's called City on a Hill, based on an idea by my boy, Ben Affleck. He, along with Matt Damon, James Mangold, and Tom Fontana are the show's producers, I don't know if you know Tom Fontana. He created Homicidal Life on the Street. Mm-mm. What I think is the best show of all time, it's HBO's Oz. Oh. He wrote every single episode for that. And that was HBO's first one-hour drama. Mm-hmm. The cast includes Kevin Bacon, Aldous Hodge, and the great Jonathan Tucker. One episode is online right now. The show actually debuts June 14th on Showtime. I don't really know what it's about. I just know it's a crime drama set in 90s Boston. I love this idea that Damon and, and Affleck are behind it. That they seems need, very they need to work together again. They need to I sit lo- down. I don't know if we have to like lock them in a room. We say, you need to write something. And then they have to go do that and then go make the movie. 
Affleck can't though. He's in and out of rehab and just Oh my gosh. He's don't doing get crazy into things. That. He's doing crazy things. Don't talk about him like that. Going going to Vegas and gambling and everything. No, I I honestly wish Affleck the best. It just seems like he's had a lot of um I don't know what to say. Just yeah, rough moments, rough patches. And I'm I sure he I seems to like see a man that. that's got struggles. I feel like I hate we've talked about this before. We have, but not on the pod. You like Kevin Bacon? I love me some Kevin Bacon. You ever see Cop Car? Yeah, I've seen Cop Car. That was good. I like when he's just trying to find his drugs. <laughs> Wasn't that what was in the back of the cop car? I'm pretty sure, yeah. It's been a while since I've seen that it. Was, that was good. I really liked it. It Spoiler was a alert. Short, short movie, but good. So uh, John Watts did that movie, and he did Spider-Man Homecoming, which you hated. It was difficult at times, just because <laughs> I was reaching my burnout phase for superhero films. <laughs> Coming out on... Friday, June 21st. It's the Rock on Tours. Help oh. a Stranger. It wasn't number one? Nope. This is their first album they've released in 10 years. I would argue this is the best Jack White collaborative band. This, I feel like when they are working together, they're firing on all cylinders. They sound really good. They experiment, and it makes sense experimenting. And... I just cannot wait for these guys. I would argue Consolers of the Lonely, which came out 10 years ago now, Rock on Tours, that album, I listen to a lot when I go in to get in a pump. I love it. It's mm. just, I find that to be very, at the same time, experimental, but enlightening and also different. Now, what's Meg White doing these days? She's hanging out. She with listen, Ben Affleck. Does she listen to the Rock on Tears? Rock I'm on curious. Tears? I bet she does. You think she knows all their she songs mixes, by heart? Yeah, she mixes them. Okay. Well, I'm I'm really I'm surprised that's not number one. <laughs> listen, I, I I wouldn't say that I've got peak hype, but it's D up there. Just have peak hype. Ooh. I mean, that's totally okay. I want you to. I'm I'm excited. Now, have you listened to any of their new singles? They I, released Sunday Driver. I don't want to hear it. We'll have to wait and see what the rest of the album will sound like in two weeks. Two weeks from now. I'm excited. I'm really, I'm really excited for that one. Ooh. <laughs> Bring on your number one, baby. My number one is music. It's an album. It's an album. By the Get Up Kids. By Calexico and Iron and Wine. Hmm, okay. The new collaborative album between the two, it's called Years to Burn. It's their first since 2005 when they released an EP. I still listen to those seven songs today. What are what have they been doing for 14 years? Well, Calexico and Iron and Wine are separate. So Iron and Wine has released albums. He's Sam Beam. Two guys make up Calexico and they've released albums. And they said they've just kind of kept in touch and they made a new album together. Have you heard anything that they've put out on this new album? They have a new single that I listened to. I don't know, I think it came out maybe in March or April. And if you want to hear it, drop it. Oh, I 
said the weather's never fair The wind can only blow your hair And I believe her well enough for didn't care But this comes out June 14th And I told you last, I think it was our last Pick'ems This is my most anticipated album maybe of the year Wow That's a pretty tall order It's a big bold statement Is it now, I'm curious, are they doing anything where it's like two discs, a two disc set, and they've got 30 songs? No. Is that like the normal 15? God, I hope it's not 15. I I hope so. I want, I think it's like 12 tracks. I do not, a pet peeve of mine. Have we talked about this before? I'm forgetting what we talk about. So that's something then I would assume why you aren't a huge fan of the Chili Peppers, Red Hot Chili Peppers, because they like to make their albums long. So you you like to keep your album short. It's eight tracks. Oh. Um, Yes. My ideal album is 10, 11 songs, 40 minutes max. Why is that? Trim the fat, baby. Yeah. I know I have the option to skip songs, but it's so awesome when you can just have something play through and you're like, I can't love this song, but I can't wait for the next one. And you just keep going. True. And I don't have, I I hate an hour album. That really drives me crazy. It's one of my biggest pet peeves. See, but are you wanting to listen to it all sequentially? Like you don't stop? I really like, I'm very picky with my music and I, I listen to it usually front to back numerous times before I mm. try to develop a thought on it. And then when I've really kind of got it down, assuming I like it, then I will pick out random songs that I like, man, I really want to hear this track. But a lot of times when I start like a workout and let, I'll do a shuffle if it's something that I've listened to a lot and sure. I know very well. But if it's something new like... I got two albums this week, and every time I started, I start from the beginning, and I listen to it all the way to, to you know, get the flow of it sure. to really kind of because I like to give every song a chance. Well, honestly, I've I've described it this way, and I don't. I'm pretty sure I haven't talked to you about this, but you have two different kinds of music lovers, or rather, music listeners. You've got your album people and your greatest hits people. Your greatest hits will end up listening to individual songs, selecting them and saying, give me that. I don't need anything else. But then your album listeners will listen to an album front to back, as you said, likely multiple times. I consider myself to be an album person. Music's just something weird to me where I don't think you can really assess an album on one listen. Sure. I mean, for me, it takes a lot. Because what I may not like on the first or second listen, by the third or fourth, I'm like, okay, now I understand this. And I'm picking up stuff in the songs that I never noticed before. Or I'm noticing the lyrics or, you know, stuff like that. So that's why music is different for me. Music's also different, too, because you could hear a song a thousand times and never get sick of it. But Mm -hmm. I can only take Ghostbusters so many times (laughs) before I'm like, I need I can't watch this for five years. So... It's just weird how you can re-listen to music over and over again and pick up new things you never heard, even when you've heard it 65 times. Yeah. And that's kind of how I take it, where I'm just trying to find something new in it. And that's a good song. That's good music. You love doing that with the Rock On Tours. I do, too. Absolutely. But I usually have to stop after 30 seconds. I feel like, and I went back through the discography of Red Hot Chili Peppers recently in the gym, and I would listen to pretty much a new album every time I went in. And I love it. Mainly their most recent stuff. I would say, I don't know, maybe 
I can't remember which album really started things off. It would it definitely would have been in the 90s, but from that point, it was just really cool because I'll end up picking up things in their songs that I'm like, wow, I never noticed that before. So that's that's one of my favorite things when you love something so much and it seems new whenever you keep listening to it, even if you're working on the 10,000th time. Now, there are, there are artists like that, like Red Hot Chili Peppers would be one where I'm like, give me the hits. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the other stuff I don't care for, but there are Chili Pepper songs that I'm like, man, this is a jam. Sure. So there, there are, um, I guess, ways in which I am just give me a hits. And lately, I've been on this trend of, I want to know about the history of bands. Like, I really have been getting into CCR, mm-hmm. so I've been reading all about the history about why the band ended, and going back and listening through those albums in order. Which I did that with like Pearl Jam a couple years ago. And sure. I was like, Man, this is all brilliant. Because it's such a collaborative thing. Movies are too, but with music, um, an ego can really kind of derail a band. And it sounds like it could happen with the Black Keys. Yeah. You could have so much success and then the person you're having success with, you just can't stand well, I for feel whatever like, reason that is. I feel like, as you what, what you were saying, ego ends up becoming the greatest divider whenever it comes to bands. And a lot of bands end up splitting up over that. I feel like that's nothing that certainly it, it happens so much that, I mean, it's nothing to be that surprised by, including this band that I'm about to mention, who will be the focus. I should say their music is the focus of this film. We've got John, mm-hmm. Paul, okay, Ringo, huh. uh, George. Yeah, don't forget George. I almost, I almost forgot George over Ringo. How is that possible? Ringo's got a name you remember, though. Yeah. George is just like, oh, it's George. George. Oh, there's George. There he is. George, get over here. The Beatles is going to, I, 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 I'm wondering if they will end up having a resurgence in popularity. They've always been. I was going to say, I don't think that's really slipped. They, yeah, they've always been that band. But I wonder if we'll notice a nice little bump like Queen noticed. After Bohemian Rhapsody. What I'm getting at is Danny Boyle and Richard Curtis are working together, have worked together on a film, and it's called Yesterday. It comes out Friday, June 28th. Love you it. excited for it? I am. And I'm, really? not a big, I'm not a big Beatles guy, but I love Richard Curtis. Richard is so good. I love him as a writer, and I cannot wait for him and Boyle to collaborate. When did you write that? I didn't write it. Paul McCartney wrote it. The Beatles. Who? John, Paul, George and Ringo, the Beatles. No. Stop it. Yesterday. It's one of the greatest songs ever written. Well, it's not Coldplay. It's not Fix You. Do you genuinely not know who the Beatles are? Genuinely. Then I'm in a really, really, really complicated situation. This when is a movie, you mentioned Bohemian and, and Queen sales, you know, skyrocketing because of that. I don't think yesterday's going to do well, so I don't really see that happening. Yeah. It's a bummer, though, because I think the idea of this movie is very clever. I hope, I'm really hoping for Sleeper with this. That'll be a Sleeper hit. That's my hope. Tell the people that don't know what yesterday is about. Well, yesterday tells the story of a young musician. He's not doing so well. He's struggling. He gets in an accident on a bike. So once again, I can not relate to the accident, but being a cyclist and he wakes up, sings a song and his friends and family are like, what is this? 
and it's a Beatles song. He finds out the Beatles never existed in this world. So are we going to get some ending where he wakes up and um, he's like been in a coma? It's already teased in the trailer that there's a modern day version of, I guess, John and Paul. Because we get a shot and we see two feet walking out onto a stage, a late night show stage maybe. And the host, I think it's James Corden actually. And he says, we've got two people who say you've stole their music. Whoa. You're a stealer. You're a thief. And then we see the feet shot. And then I believe that's at the end of the trailer. And then it cuts to yesterday, the banner. Yeah, I'm excited for this. And I'm not a big, you and I did a Danny Boyle podcast before. So this might be something we have to do because we did our top five. Love me some Danny Boyle. You love him. I really, really struggled. He's done a couple top tier movies for me and the rest are just mediocre or bad. Slumdog. Sucks. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but like I, Sunshine is amazing. 28 Days Later is amazing. Sunshine is just like an all-timer. Yeah. Do you go back and rewatch that after the Twilight Zone episode that was like it? I haven't yet, but... It's on know, HBO. Leading up to this, I might. It's one that I... The music in that is so good. It's... John Murphy is such a great composer. I can't wait to... I wonder if he will compose anything for this. I don't know. He didn't. Daniel Pemberton did. But okay. Daniel Pemberton did music for... He's done a lot, obviously. Mm-hmm. Or not obviously. But he's done a lot of music. And he did it for King Arthur, which we really oh. liked the score for that one. Yeah. But can I tell you something? I'm so glad Danny Boyle is not doing Bond 25. Why? The cursed movie. Because he sucks. He's not that <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine what he would do to that. I would love to see a Boyle. I would be pumped for that. I would, yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting, but. Maybe this Bond 25 film just not going to get made. It won't so get we made. So got, we got Daniel Craig injured, injured have, had to have surgery, and he's, he's been gone. I don't know if he's back. A crew member nearly died recently because <laughs> of an explosion that <laughs> wasn't supposed grief. to happen. They were, like, testing something. And then um, there's these photos that I stumbled on recently, and it's um, the director, Kerry Joji Fukunaga, and Daniel Craig, and they look like <laughs> they look like they're in the middle of a pretty heated argument. Oh, and I was like, oh, that's a weird pick. They look like they're fighting, and then I read the blurb, and it was just like the two were spotted arguing <sighs> on set. I'm like, oh no. Well, this apparently, Kerry's hard to work with. Yeah, he abandons a lot of projects. I really didn't think this was going to happen. This yeah. movie was going to happen. That's why I think it's going to end. It's not going to end. As in Carrie's involvement. And yeah, I think they're he, going to stop. And He then might say, scoot by the by the time this. This is still supposed to come out in April of 2020. No, I'd love to see what Carrie has, but I'm worried it won't happen. I'm just, I think that he'll drop out. I, this could be, all these Bond movies I feel like lately are a lot of them are really plagued by behind-the-scenes drama, and yep. this one seems to really have escalated. You know what's not plagued by behind-the-scenes drama? Yesterday. Yesterday. We also, so talking about this, another reason, and this is maybe a little bias on my part, but we had mentioned on our Twilight Zone episode over Blurry Man, a, a story, a Twilight Zone story, the story that I had co-written is actually a lot like yesterday. It does not involve the Beatles. It involves actual Beatles. So the it's main the guy Beatles. in this movie, his name, I don't know if I'm saying this correct, Himesh Patel. Mm-hmm. 
Um, what do you think about him? He, this is I've never seen this guy before, but well, I'm excited. Going to be good. I love it. I one of the main reasons why I like Danny Boyle is that he'll end up pulling in actors or actresses, and you're not really sure about them. I mean, look at Killian Murphy, and he pulled him in for 28 days, and Killian's now one of my favorite actors. I'm thinking that this could. I don't know if this will be like the standard of Killian. I'm going to say it won't be now, but I'm no. excited to see him. This guy, so it says he was on a BBC soap opera, EastEnders, from 20, 2007 to 2016. It's a huh. long time. Yeah. That's well, going to do it for our picks. We actually, we actually have quite a few listener picks this week. Hit us with some of the, the first listener pick. Uh, a few that I totally forgot were even coming out. Sarah said she wants to see Annabelle Comes Home. I just now saw the first preview for that before Dark Phoenix, maybe? I don't remember yeah. where I saw that. Or maybe, no, it was no, before it was, um, uh, Ma. Yeah, that's right. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Uh, it does had, look a little fun. Don't it, you think? I no? guess because it ties into The Conjuring, but I have a feeling Farmiga and Patrick Wilson are not going to be in this very much. I have a feeling they'll be in it for like 10 minutes. And that's when I'm going to lose interest. Um, we had a couple for Shaft. Uh, Chris picked Martin Scorsese's Rolling Thunder Review, Ooh. a Bob Dylan story, which comes to Netflix June 12th. Can't wait. And weirdly, three people picked the new Ron Howard documentary, Pavarotti. Oh. <laughs> I'm just like, what? Pavarotti. Apparently, Ron Howard said this almost broke him. Well, we got people that want to see it, which I <laughs> didn't even think was like, I guess that's coming out this month. So That would be, we'll see. Maybe we, we'll go see that. You want to go see Pavarotti? I don't. I don't care. <laughs> what if we formed a listener watch party and we got all of our listeners together who wanted to see Pavarotti and we'll just go rent out an entire theater? Let's do a Patreon. They can pay for me to see it. How about that? All right. So on the docket for Quality Check, mm-hmm. our next episode, we're going we're gonna to go see Men in Black International and we're going to revisit the original Men in Black movie, which I haven't seen in f- – Maybe 15 years. Now, I told you I was at the gym uh, last week, and Uh I saw the first film, and it was the scene where Will Smith is going in to fill out his application. To be an MIB? mm -hmm, For 15 minutes, I was entranced and laughing. So you're excited to rewatch it? Actually, I am. Okay. I am too, because I remember loving it as a kid. It's just something I haven't gone back to. I thought the bit that I saw held up with the comedy – just that. Now, I don't know anything else. I, I'm excited to rewatch it. What I will tell you is I'm not excited for international. I know. that's, And then I think it looks funny. I feel like it's going to be maybe forced comedy. I, may, I have a feeling that I'll like it more than you. Oh, really? Uh, that's my prediction now, that I'll like it more than you, but I think we'll both feel lukewarm about it at best. Mm. We'll see. And then the week after that, we have the new Child's Play, and we're going to, again... Ooh. Rewatch the original. Um, so that's two movies back to back where we're watching a ba- uh, a remake or a soft reboot and, and rewatching the original. Do you find that weird? It's a trend. It's the just the way life is now. Um, then we got July Pickums. Then we're going to do Spider Man Far From Home and revisit Homecoming, which you did not like. I'll say that I I liked, but I couldn't say that I loved it. I'm hoping you like this more on the second go round. And then we're also going to do a bonus episode for the new Ari Aster horror film. It's called Midsummer. One of my most anticipated movies of the entire year. I cannot wait. What I am actually very excited about, Midsummer, two hours, 20 minutes. Me too. I love that. 
I, I give me a long movie. I love long movies. Weird release date though. It was yeah. like July third or whatever. July. But that's because it's literally in the middle of summer slash that the is, year. That's cool. Midsummer. Is that intentional? Well, I assume. Okay. That 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 was my guess. But yeah, the the new preview looks like a trip. And then in I think the new Fangoria, Jordan Peele interviewed Ari mm. Aster and was hyping this up beyond belief and just he, talking about how it's done stuff he's never seen before. I was going to say Peel said that the was it the conclusion that the final like 20 minutes or whatever the final act I'll go with that which is so mind-blowing it floored him. I I'm, I'm actually very excited for that. You know who else is excited for that? What? The Rock on Tours are excited <laughs> for that. I have no idea if they are. Well, thanks for listening to us. Don't forget that you can rate and subscribe to us so that you know when a new Quality Check podcast episode drops into your podcast player. You can follow us on Twitter at Quality Check Pod or Instagram at Quality Check Podcast or let us know what your picks are for the month of July. We can start early. Just shoot us an email to Quality Check Podcast at gmail.com.